Welcome to Disarming Persuasion, the podcast for sales and business leadership professionals. My name is Dave Rosenberg, and I am the founder and principal at Locked On Leadership, a consulting firm with a mission to replace Thank God It's Friday with Thank God It's Monday. And I'm Ann Bonney, redhead impersonator and an expert in change management and leadership that people want to follow. Okay, Ann. What are we going to talk about today? Let's talk about change resistance. Well, that seems like something different. Uh, let's not do that. Why do you always? Why do you? I. Ugh. You had to see that one coming. I did. I did. I always do. But I got to say something. So change resistance is one of those things, you know, and dealing with objections. When we're talking about persuasion, so often we have to deal with people's resistance or their objections or their, you know, their dislike for the idea or the fact that it wasn't theirs. I just said I wasn't comfortable talking about this. Now here you're just going on and on about it. But I really like it. It's a great idea. Your voice. And the whole audience is saying, Dave, shut up. Talk about Dave Dave resistance. (laughs) No, I can't even say it right. So dealing with objections, dealing with resistance to ideas, resistance to change, really. Yeah. And, and I mean, it is much more than just a sales challenge. Well, and you and I have pointed out a lot of times leadership in itself is sales. Even if you're not trying to exchange something for money, you're trying to sell your ideas. You're trying to sell the initiatives. You're trying to sell the new system or the uh, whatever you're trying to get done as a leader. Right. I mean, there's a reason we talk about getting your team to buy in, right? Because it's a sale. It's, right. it's you're going to give me your effort in exchange for my, for this concept. Yeah. And I, and I thought of this topic because I was <laughs> on a date, actually, interestingly enough, surprisingly enough. And at the end of the date, I said, you know, thank you very much. I don't think it's going to work out. I really appreciate it. And I look, you know, thanks for dinner. And uh, he said, is there anything I can say to change your mind? And I thought, okay, that's not a good way to deal with an objection because you're trying to talk me into another date. It was a weird way to deal with it that didn't feel like, I don't know, it didn't feel authentic. So did you respond by looking at him and saying, there is, but that wasn't it. Goodbye. (laughs) I didn't say that, but I wish I had. talking people trying to talk people into stuff doesn't really work as far as i'm concerned so what are your tactics for dealing with objections well so i guess it really depends on how it comes to you but the first thing um in general it, like like an objection like that uh well objection so give me your objection on the date again and then we'll, we'll go into more general i refuse to answer that question on the grounds of my answer may tend to incriminate I'm sorry, I didn't catch all of that. No, he I, he just. Was, well, but what did you say to him to elicit that? You just said thank you. He said, "Would you like to go out again?" Okay. And I said, "You know what? I don't really think this is going to work. I really appreciate it. It was great to meet you. Thank you for your time." Could you tell me more thank about that? Thank you for that? your time. Is not what I said. <laughs> that sounded terrible. But thank I, mean, I wasn't going to like ghost the guy and say, "Yeah, let's go out again," and then. No, no. And and folks see the accountability conversation we had in a prior podcast for that one. But but seriously, so so, you know, 
this isn't going to work out. Can, can you tell me more about that? Uh, I'm the guy. Well, and at that point, <laughs> because I had made my decision, and perhaps this is a bad example, trying to talk me out of it was turning me off even more, essentially sure. saying, look, you don't trust my judgment for myself, and you're trying to talk me into it. Well, that, I mean, let's be honest. That's not, you're right. That's not an objection. That's a no. Yeah, right. that was a no. That's okay, a no. So example. In fact, it sounds like that was a hell no. Um, it really kind of was. But seriously, so, I mean, I think the first thing I want to know when somebody gives me an objection with, I'm not sure if this is going to work, or, you know, let's go, let's go dating. What the hell? Let's have fun with this, right? Maybe she says, you know, uh, or he says whatever it is, something to the effect of, like, um, let me think, what does objection sound like? Uh, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Right. So maybe maybe. Hey, would you like to go to an amusement park? Yeah, it doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Right. That's an objection. That's not a no. Oh, got it. OK, yes. Right. So, I mean, the first thing you want to do is learn a little bit more. Right. Because whatever they tell you is just really it's the surface. So can you tell me more about that? It's probably one of the best responses early on. Right. It's open ended. You're not making any assumptions and you want to learn. Right. And hopefully they can say at that point, well, you know what? This one time I was on a roller coaster ride on a date and I threw up in the garbage can and I never saw him again. So I'm really not interested in doing that. How about we go to dinner? Right. But it opens up. I mean, and that's what it does is by learning more and by learning more about what the challenge is, it opens you up to other possibilities that he achieved the objective you're both trying to achieve. Right. And, and so at that point, you know, after after you tell me your throw up story, you know, uh, it, it might be something like, oh, so it's not that you're not interested in going out again. You don't, you just don't want to go to an amusement park. Is it is I'm just curious. Is it just roller coasters or rides in general? And by the way, when I'm dealing with objections, I become curious a lot. Well, and I think that's the one of the key parts is so often we get defensive because we think people are turning us down or are just, you know, rejecting us in some way. But if you maintain that curiosity that you're talking about, you're more likely to have a healthy dialogue that builds the trust, builds the respect, and you learn more about what they're trying to achieve so that you can offer uh, alternatives that are going to get them what they're looking for. Yeah. I mean, because for all you know, she may turn around or he may turn around and say, oh, no, I love the fun houses and I love those, you know, uh, carousels. It's, it's just the roller coasters. My stomach can't handle that. Oh. Or I love you to win me a giant teddy bear, Dave. Right. Or be my giant teddy bear. Aww. Oh. <laughs> He's going to be pissed. I wish you could see. I wish you could see Ann's dimples when she smiles. Um, but cavernous. Right, so at, at any rate, right, the, the point here is to get more information. And maintain that curiosity rather than animosity. Yes. Yeah. The, as Anne pointed out earlier, this is not a time to tell them where they're wrong. Because I don't know about you, but when somebody tells me I'm wrong, I'm definitely not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I'm even more right than I was a minute ago. Exactly. <laughs> Right. Well, and that's something that we really need to be watch out for is not trying to talk them into it, but to learn more about their stance. Um, now, I don't recommend this in a dating scenario. I, I will repeat that was a poor example to bring up in the beginning, because as soon as you start telling me, you know, asking me more information, you might get information you don't want. <laughs> in fact, for man, I can almost guarantee it. 
from a sales or a leadership perspective, understanding more about your team's objections and challenges with change, with new initiatives, it, it, that's going to help you work through it together and build the relationship in the long term. Although in candor, honest, those sort of questions, even in relationships where there's issues, challenges, those are great. Open-ended, curious questions that are non-judgmental is the best way to get through problems, even in relationships. Sure. No, in relationships, not at the end of a first date when somebody's just trying to get away. Well, I mean, again, just to, to revisit, that was not an objection. That was a hell no. That was a hell no. Sorry. Okay, I'll stop bringing that one up. Um, but you're right. I mean, and, and you're absolutely right. As we think about long-term relationships, whether it's work relationships or per personal relationships, being curious, asking for more information can only open the lines of communication, which often is the end of relationships when that door closes on communication. Yeah, I think it was Dale Carnegie, but uh, it could be mistaken about this. So, you know, if you know uh, I'm mistaken, please let us know and I'll correct myself in a future prod podcast because I need to be accountable. Um, holding accountable Dave. Exactly. But I believe it was Dale Carnegie who said, you know, seek first to understand before. And then to be understood. understood. Right. And, and so when somebody has an objection, let's understand that objection fully. And mm -hmm. we're all full of our own stories. And it's, it's, it's natural. So don't feel bad if you start reading stuff into it, but learn to recognize that. And then whatever you're thinking, see if you can flush that out without, you know, in a healthy way, I guess is what I'm trying to get it right. Because there's, there's some bad ways to help flesh that self-doubt oh, out. Totally. Well, and that's a huge emotional intelligence tactic too, is being open enough to listen to somebody else's completely different perspective or completely different experience on something so that you can see it from their side. And again, you've got to have so much more of a collaborative relationship. You know, it's interesting. And this is a little sidebar here. I'm going to go off on a little tangent here, but you just said something that had me thought one of my biggest objections with most leadership training out there is that we approach it as disparate um, skills, emotional mm. intelligence, communication, right? And and we don't connect the dots and it's really all the same. And, you know, that's why I try and take a more comprehensive approach in my in, in the training that I provide, right? It's not, oh, learn how to communicate. Oh, learn to emotional intelligence. Oh, learn conflict resolution. Those are all sides of the same polygon. So, what is that polygon, Dave? I, I haven't defined it yet, but my point is it's leadership, right? It's a multi, it's a three-dimensional polygon with different facets, but it's all leadership. And you have to understand how they all work and interact together, right? So it's just, just sort of a little pet peeve of mine. I mean, it's because here we're talking communication, really. And you're like, oh, but that's a sign of emotional intelligence. Right. It's all the same. Right. Anyway. Sorry, I don't well, And what all of those things do ultimately is build that trust and respect so that when you are curious and say, hey, Dave, tell me a little bit more about your challenge with this change. You as the Dave, which is who you are, are more willing to engage in that conversation because you believe that I have your best interests at heart. You don't believe I'm attacking you. You don't believe I'm going to take you to the mat. You know, I'm not talking about delegation and how the four steps to delegation. I'm talking about leading you in a way that you feel like I give a hoot about you so that when I have to say, hey, Dave, I just need you on board. I know you don't like it. 
and we got to keep moving forward because this is part of our job now. You'll be like, all right, cool. I don't like it, but I like you and you, I trust you and let's go. Right. You actually go like, okay, you heard me out, right? This is the, the, the inside voice goes, okay, Anne heard me out and I don't really understand why she needs me to do this. Not fully, but I know she needs me to do it. And I know that she has my best interest at heart. So I'm just going to, I'm going to go with the program and we'll see where it goes. And, and sometimes yeah. that's the best you can get. Right. And exactly. And the, and it's that foundational relationship that is developed in every single interaction. It's not how do I manage this conflict in a bubble? It's not how do I convince this person or persuade them, you know, to follow ABC step. I've got to have that base, that 3D polygon that you were talking about. Yeah, exactly. All I can think of is Dungeons and Dragons dice right now, which always made me really happy. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, like those 20-sided dice. Oh, my yeah. God, they're so cool. I knew I liked you for a reason. You're a nerd. I co-directed like a leadership conference recently, and the, the staff member who was first, it was one of the existing staff members' boyfriend, and he came on to run our tech. But we didn't realize he was a gigantic ham and one of the most likable people in the world, and he ended up winning... Um, staff of the year by the students vote because they all said he was unapologetically himself. Every single interaction he had with those kids, he was himself, he was honest, he was positive, and he built that trust and respect where those kids knew he was there for them. It wasn't about his ego. He had built that foundation and he had a large satchel of Dungeons and Dragons dice that I really liked. Oh, is that where you were going with the large session? No, I mean, he actually was a phenomenal leader, but he also had... Yeah. Well, and you know, the fascinating thing about that story, candidly, is you, you opened this podcast with the question, how do you deal with objections? And, and you deal with objections best before you ever get the objection by being the authentic you. Mm -hmm. And... and, and I recently heard this in a, in a coaching session where it's like, get your ego out of the way. Stop thinking about yourself and think, how do I serve this relationship? Because ultimately you're serving yourself there too. Absolutely. And, you know, here's the other interesting thing and, and another take on ego uh, from me, right? Because I, I, hear, I hear comments like that all, all, all the time as if ego is a bad thing. And in that context, it is. Mm -hmm. But in that context, that's not true ego in my world. You know, I'm not Freud, right? If you have a healthy ego, it doesn't need to stand in the way. It could stand in the back, right? You know who you are. That's what a healthy ego is. So your ego doesn't have to get out of the way because a healthy ego, if you have a healthy ego, it's never in the way. Because it right. could stand all of the noise from other people. It could stand other opinions. It could stand objections. It could stand negativity. It could stand all of that because you know who you are and you're comfortable with yourself. And that, to me, that's what real ego is, right? I know what my value is. I know what my worth is. I know who I am as a human being. So please tell me what your challenges are so I can understand you better because it won't affect me at all. Well, and, and that level of self-understanding and self-acceptance will also lead to a level of other 
acceptance and other being open to understanding other people, which again, builds that trust and respect. So they will then trust and respect you. You are authentically and unapologetically yourself in a tactful and respectful way. And suddenly there's room for everybody at the table. Yeah, absolutely. And then persuasion's easy. Yeah. Easy is the wrong word, especially if it's a bad idea, but you know. If you understand what somebody else's needs are, what their desires are, what their wants are, all of that stuff. If I understand you so well, then assuming what I'm asking you to do or asking you to take on, whether it's a purchase or, or, or an idea or a project, isn't harmful to your sense of who you are and self and needs and wants and desires, then it's easy to get you to do it. And if it is harmful, I probably shouldn't be, not probably, I, I shouldn't be asking you to do it. Well, and in the process of being open to other people's perspectives and their needs and everything, you may realize that the idea that you're trying to persuade them of actually isn't the right idea for the situation as well. Exactly. So you build in that openness and that give and take, which again, builds that long-term trust and respect, which ultimately will help you be more persuasive in the future when you do have a good idea that needs to be passed by. Right. From a sales perspective, you got to be willing to step away and go, you know what? This is not a good deal. This is not a good deal for you, which means it's not a good deal for me because now I'm just about taking the money. Right. It's transactional rather than relational. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And, And if it's a leadership situation and I realize it may not be a good deal for you, I need to at least be able to say, hey, I know this isn't a good deal for you. I'm gonna and and I'm gonna make it up for you at some point in the future. I'm, I may not know what that looks like, but you have to take me at my word that that will. And like stuff like that would happen in a service all the time. They say take these crappy orders to and I'm serious, like you know, you're gonna be on a perfect example is unaccompanied orders to, to some hardship station someplace, right? But what they say is you'll get your choice of orders out of that and they actually at least back in my day no and i'm not saying they don't do it now i just don't know but they would actually really give you your choice of orders because they knew if they didn't you're gone well and that brings up a, a very important point too if you do end up at that point of saying hey look dave i just need you to get on board this will benefit you in the future and if you make any of those promises you better follow through because they're waiting for it yep and, and the worst thing you could do to your team. Don't follow not, through. Don't follow through because you will lose all the high performers and the people will be left or the people who can't find another job someplace else. Right. Well, and the other piece of, of the learning more about them, even if you can't change the final objective of what you're trying to persuade them to do by learning more about their objection and their challenge with it and their needs and their desires, you may be able to come up with some sort of alternative, um, I don't want to say reward, but some kind of thing that makes it easier or better. You're still going for the same objective, but so maybe you need them to work a little bit of overtime. And we've got to get this job done by Friday. And I'm proposing that you stay late on Tuesday. And you're like, God, I can't. My kid's, you know, in softball and she's in the tournament and blah, blah, blah. Well, great. I know then that evenings aren't going to be great for you. Hey, can you come in at five in the morning? 
it's not ideal, but now I know you get to be at your kid's thing and we still get our objectives met. Boom. Yeah. There's all, or, yeah. Or, you know, you know, we're supposed to go away. We've got tickets bought, blah, blah. How about if I pay for your plane fare and you bring your laptop and you get some work, make it a working vacation and we won't count it against your vacation time, right? Whatever that might be, there's potential ways to do that. Exactly. Or it's not that you don't want to go to the meeting. You just don't want to do the travel to go to the meeting. Great. Let's do it hybrid. We'll zoom, zoom you in. You can be there, but you don't have to travel the two and a half hours to get to the location. Yeah. Whatever it is, by learning more about the objection, you learn what exactly is being objected to, and maybe you can adjust that while still getting what you need. Absolutely. Well, I think we, we got this one covered. I think we covered it. All right. I have no and objections. If there's no objections, then we're just going to ask you to subscribe. If you love this podcast, subscribe, please. And if you have any questions for us, don't hesitate to let us know. Otherwise, we'll see you next time. See you next time. That concludes another episode of Disarming Persuasion. This is Dave Rosenberg, and you can find my website at LockedOnLeadership.com. And this is Ann Bonnie at yourchangespeaker.com. Remember, if they fail to make a decision, you failed to disarm them. <laughs> <laughs>